across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Happy Monday, Rockstar Nation. Hope everybody a great, successful, full of life, productive, money-making weekend. I am in Florida. Yeah, I am at the Nickelodeon. What is this place called? Uh, Nickelodeon Lodge in Florida. I have a niece who is almost 11 years old, and I am her father figure. And every year we take a one-on-one trip. And this year she wanted to come to Nickelodeon. So here we are getting ready to get slimed. So I'm going to have a good day today. Maybe I'll post a picture of me slimed. So uh, I wanted to read you guys a uh, part of a letter here that I got. It was kind of interesting. See what you thought. Tell you what I think. Basically, it says, Pat, I thought I would share. I listen to you every week. I am an avid supporter. Thank you. I come from a construction background and I used to be a commercial agent and now I am a residential agent. So uh, my broker suggested that I collaborate with other brokers in the firm. I did just that and I found that the door was always shut. Each time I approached someone it felt like they went out of their way to avoid me. After a while I gave up trying. Let me stop this right here. That kind of sucks that that did that that happened I don't know why that happened uh, it's unfortunate you know and I think that, that that's why this show is so helpful because people aren't afraid to share as much you know with outside markets but when it comes to your market people don't want to you know necessarily share when I was interviewing my agents my eight agents for this listing appointment project I had several that were uh, I'm not quite sure about this what if my competition gets this but then At the end of the day, they weren't worried about it because if their competition did get it and copied them word for word, I mean, they would look stupid. They would look like they copied them word for word. And uh, you'd have to be pretty far out of your mind to do that, to copy somebody word for word in your exact same market. So anyways, all eight of them went through. It was no problems. But I think for the most part, maybe if you push too hard, people in your office might not want to share. It's a shame that that happens. Just keep listening to the show. Keep listening to shows like this and try to glean as much you can from books and other audio recordings about it. There's got to be somebody there in your office or in your area that's willing to share for sure. You know, one of the things I found about the mentor-mentee process, and I found this in the, I wrote about this in my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures. I wrote about how to be a mentee because a lot of people you know, don't want to know how to be a mentor because that kind of comes naturally. It's like being a father, you know, you just sit down with the kid and it comes naturally. But but being a mentee is a little harder. So I wrote about this. And, and one of the things that I wrote was that you have to do what the people tell you. Like if someone says, hey, you know, go do this if you want to be successful and you go do it and you come back and you say, hey, I did that and it worked and I got a listing because of it. Um, they're much more apt to say, hey, that was that was cool, thanks, and give you more advice. But if you're constantly going and asking about things and then not taking any 
advice there's nothing worse it just pisses a mentor off and be like why, why should i even help him i remember this guy that i used to work with me i used to call him all dressed up and nowhere to go because all he did was was ask for advice and uh, he never took any of it he never did anything he, he was just so unproductive but he was always uh, walking around asking for advice so also, you know, I'm thinking that maybe you could use this experience to try to make yourself stronger. You know, I can remember before I even got in the business, my job before I became a real estate agent, uh, when I quit to become a real estate agent, the boss says, oh, you can't sell these things. You're never going to be able to sell real estate. I was selling these timeshare things. He's like, if you can't sell this, you're not going to be able to sell real estate, which pissed me off and kind of motivated me. So anyway, she goes on, what has been really disappointing about this experience was that a heck of a lot of realtors in the office came off as guarded, secretive, narcissistic, and fake. They thought they were in Hollywood. Today, I had an appointment with my first listing and the broker told me he didn't think it was going to work. Strange, I was never even in the office. Bottom line, my brand is a snob. Well, I don't know what the heck's going on there. Switch. Switch companies then, if it, you know, if that's the case. Switch companies. I've been an agent for a little over a year. I just started making cold calls last month after I ran a few more reports, viewed for more properties, studied my markets. I found myself having two lives and was very surprised regarding the workload. Well, it's tough. It's a tough business, man. And here's the thing with real estate. Real estate is very, very lucrative. I mean, I don't know of any other jobs you can, you know, make the sort of money that you can make in real estate with very little education or background, right? It doesn't matter who you are or who you were in your past, so long as you don't have a felony, you can be a successful real estate agent. I've seen it from all, even if you have a felony, I mean, uh, you know, listen to Jeff Coates. Jeff Coates was number 277. Go back and listen to that. Jeff was in, in prison 17 years. So no matter what your background is, you, you can be successful at this business, but there's no free lunch. I mean, you got to work. You got to work. You got to bust your ass in this business, especially in the beginning. And you reap what you sow. You know, if you work hard, you're going to succeed. I don't care where you are or if you're surrounded by snobs or whatever. But if you are surrounded by snobs, quit. Go to another company. There's a million of them. Get one that supports you. Get one that likes you. Get one that wants you. Get one that, you know, is going to educate you and set you up with a mentor. A lot of companies have mentor programs. Join a team. I mean, guaranteed to get them up. You know, if you join a large team, you'll have, you know, a large number of mentors right then and there from day one. That's uh, usually how most teams work is they make you better. What is my direction moving forward? Please advise. Signed, Chicago. Well, Chicago, I think I pretty much gave you my advice within me reading this to you. You know, that's what I would do. I would probably start fresh and just get out there and know that there's no free lunch and bust your ass and always be working. Hustle, hustle, hustle. That's what I did, man. I hustled for years, decades, hustled before I started going to Disney World and hanging out and doing whatever the hell I wanted to. I mean, that's at the, at the end of the day, I think that that's what uh, some people who are fans of the show and who follow me and things like that like about my story is that I busted my ass. I hustled. I almost say that would be step one, stage one. Uh, stage two would be building, right? I built, I, I bought real estate. I bought businesses, I bought commercial, I bought residential, I saved money, and then uh, step three would be I lived. You know, I live, I'm living a full life now, so I'm in stage three. 
And I think you got to look at it like that. And I think you got to look at it from the beginnings. There's three stages. One, bust your ass, right? Scrape, scrounge. Step two, build, you know, invest. And then step three is live. And you can't expect to live a massive, abundant life without sowing, you know, some seeds to reap some money unless you're born rich unless you you know inherited money and you just have the money and you can do that you're a trust fund baby but the, i don't think anyone listening is or and i don't think you are chicago so that's my advice today we got beverly ruffner a great show a very excited northern virginia dc area just killing it so let's just jump right into that guys have a great day and i'll see you on wednesday Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have Beverly Ruffner with us. And Beverly understands real estate agents because she used to be one, still has a team that runs on its own. And her passion became internet lead conversion for real estate agents because she realized that no one was properly training agents how to convert leads how to convert buyers and sellers into commission dollars. So she agreed to come on the show, and here we are, and I'm excited to get some real strong meat and potatoes from her on what we need to do to make more money with leads and with lead conversion. So, Beverly, welcome to Pat Hyman Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks, Pat. I'm so excited about this because this is such a passion for me. You know, I think back, I started real estate in 2005, and I, I got in right at the end of the great time frame. So I had a great first year. And then I'm sitting there scratching my head going, okay, now what? Where's my next deal coming from? And I started looking at all the top agents in the industry going, what are they doing? What are they doing right? And how can I do it better? So the internet, I hopped on the bandwagon really super early. And it was so funny back in 2007, internet leads were one of those like voodoo things that people didn't know what to do with. And the leads on the other end didn't know what to do because it was so new to the industry. And I was cleaning out my office the other day. Here it is, 2016, and I found this black index box that had index cards in them with the tabs. It was week one, and then they were numbered one through seven. Week two, one through seven. So every time I would call a lead, I would put their name on an index card, try calling them, move it to day two leave a note with the with what I did, move it to day three, and that's how I moved everybody through my database over 30 days. It, yeah, I did, it was the, kind of, I did the same thing just with months. You know, I, I did, eh, I'll call them in February, and I throw them under the February marker. Yeah. Well, we didn't even know what the heck we were doing back then, and, and to watch how the Internet has evolved from 2007 to 2016, we went from everyone having home phones to, hey, is Pat there? So now, how does everybody answer their phone? This is Pat. Yeah, right. And then we went from, now nobody has a home phone. Everybody has cell phones. And, you know, it's funny, 2012, 2013, I stopped leaving voicemails because people were really curious about who's calling my phone if they don't leave a voicemail. They had to call you back because they were just curious. So now in 2016, they don't care. So people, I, I, I realized, I did a poll. 75% of the people do not answer their phone if they don't know who it is. Yeah. My, how times have changed. Me included. Did you did you ever, Pat, not answer your home phone years ago? No. No, isn't that something? Yeah, you always answered it. Always answered your home phone because it's something important. 
But now your phone rings constantly and it's never anybody important. So it's really evolved through the years and it's been really fun evolving with it. And coming to that realization of the last few years, the changes of the dynamics and talking to so many teams that own several different types of platforms, the realization I came to in my own business when I wanted to step out is I didn't have any systems that were duplicatable. I, I couldn't just duplicate myself. I would hire an agent or I would hire an inside salesperson to call my leads and they just sit there and look at the system and have no idea what to do. And I'm like, I've, I've got to build my McDonald's. I've got huh. to have somebody come in and push the button and know when to take the fries out of the deep fryer. Wow. Okay. And so, I, go ahead. Okay. So what is a way we can pose this to the rock star nation listening as far as, you know, what, absolutely they need to do and what absolutely they don't need to do when it comes to internet lead conversions? What they need to do is understand a database because we are in a service industry and at the end of the day, we don't have anything unless we have a database that is organized. And we as agents were like, what does that even mean, an organized database? Because does anybody even have a database? Some people are still working off of a spreadsheet. But when we're looking at a database, we as agents, we love the right now people because we have microwave mentality and we want to see results instantly. And we have a difficult time sticking to anything month over month if we're not seeing the results immediately. But when you have a database and you start acquiring leads from multiple different forms, we need to know where all these leads are in the process of when they're ready to buy or sell so that we can manage our pipeline because the biggest problem in this industry is the roller coaster effect. We're working all the mm, leads. Yeah. We get all the deals and then we got nothing and we got to start all over again. So we're starting our business every quarter from scratch all over again. Right, right. But if we under if we understand a database, we're moving people through a pipeline for today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and the next five years. So what do you but recommend? We all what fail you, in the follow-up. Recommending you, A, you've got to understand the type of leads that are coming into your database and what the leads' expectations are. You have Google leads. You have Trulia leads, Zillow leads, seller leads, expired leads. I mean, you've got tons of different leads coming into your database. Number one, you have to understand the expectations of each lead to know what kind of conversation to have with them. What does that mean? Because, because wouldn't all the leads expect the same thing? Call me back or, you know, tell me exactly how to manage this database by expectations. So when we look at a Google lead, and this is probably the biggest misnomer that people get confused on and don't understand. I'm Google searching homes for sale and I land into your website and everyone gets frustrated because we can't get a hold of them. Well, it's understanding Google. What was the last thing that you Googled? And when you look at what you Google and you look at how much research you do, they're just looking online. And that's where I was saying back in 2009 to 2010, it was so new to the industry. Everybody that was looking on Google then we're right now buyers. Or today, you Google everything. I asked a gentleman, and I said, what was the last thing you Googled? He says, what time the movie theater, or what time the movie started? Hmm. I said, why don't you just call the movie theater? Hmm. He said, well, number one, I would have had to Google to get the number anyway. And number two, I don't want to talk to anybody. It was just yeah. quicker for me to do it myself. So what are you saying? Like, how does somebody manage a database 
by expectations because there's the antiquated method or it may not be antiquated it may actually work of the abcs right where a is they're going to buy right now b is they're going to buy in 30 to 60 days c is they're going to buy within six months or or so and then d is is there in a couple of years so what Uh exactly are you saying as far as managing those different types of leads as a company to be able to source them to be able to track and know where's the primary source of your leads coming from that you're converting and closing. Where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? So sourcing them and understanding what leads you have coming into your database is important for tracking. Having the proper conversations with these people to be able to keep them in the pipeline. So many of us are just so attached to getting the appointment that we forget to fall in love with the process of having a great conversation with the lead that's in there. And we don't get the proper time frame. Once we have the proper time frame and we're looking at our business from a database mind, not a right now mind, whenever we talk to leads, sometimes we forget to leave a proper follow-up because we overtask ourselves on everything because we as agents don't want to forget anything. Hmm. So we have a task list of 100 things on there, and tomorrow there's 150, the next day there's 200, because we get caught up in doing business, and we look at that task list because we've tasked everything, we look at the task list as not really important anymore, because we didn't know how to task, we didn't know how to follow up, we didn't know what to say in the follow-up, mm. and we're, we're so attached to that outcome that we're looking for it right now, right now, right now, and we're not thinking... Pat, if if you were somebody that was six months to a year out, your closing to me or your business to me is just as good next year as it is right now, right? Well, yes. I mean, I think I understand what you're saying. Everybody is socialized kind of to be equal. Is is that kind of what you're saying? Because we've had other guests on the show that say, hey, listen, you take, when you manage said database, you want to take referrals, someone that's referred and bring them to the top and highlight them. And then another guy Mm -hmm. might say, you want to take anything over X price that has a much fatter commission and put that on top and put your rentals down on the bottom and your $30,000 mobile homes and condos down at the bottom. Is that kind of what you mean by organize your database or what, what specifics can you give me as to what you would recommend as an expert as to how they should organize their database? That is such a great question. When you look at a database and you look at the people that are in it and the situations and the organization of it, every database has people in it that you've never been able to speak to. We don't know where they are in the process. So that is one set of leads in our database that is a group that is a priority because we've got to find out where they are in the process because we don't know what they want. We don't know what to be sending them. And, you know, my, my example is we always want to over-educate. And really, what, what did these leads initially want in the first place? Either A, they wanted to have a value on their home to sell their house, or B, they just wanted to look at homes on the website. And if we're sending them the wrong things because we haven't talked to them, they're, we're going to have some unsubscribes. So, so you're, you're basically careful. saying talk to them first, do everything you can to talk to them. And then when you talk to them and, and you've had a conversation with them, then move them up to the top of the list. Yep. 
Because then you know where they are in the process once you have a conversation with them. Or if you're texting them or emailing them, that is the main priority with all of our leads that we've never talked to. So you have leads that you've never talked to. Then you have leads that you've spoke to, and you have two different types of leads that you spoke to. Those are your contacted people. Some of the leads that you've contacted actually qualify for a task. And when I say that, that's somebody that you had a great conversation with. You know exactly what their time frame is. You know exactly what their situation is, what has to happen for them to be able to make a move, whether they're selling or they're buying. And I just want to watch them and pay attention to them. And watching their habits, because the natural inclination that we all have is, well, if they're buying in a year or they're buying in two years, I'll set a follow-up for three months. Well, what, what we don't realize is that lead is probably in three or four other databases with your competition in your own market. Yeah. If you, wait, if you wait three months and emails are going to spam and they're not getting any updates from you, the person with the most organized work database is the one that's always going to win because most people don't ever work their databases. And if they do, they're not working it right. So my thing is I like getting lucky, period. So if I'm watching people's habits, would you agree, Pat, that when you go before you buy anything that would cause a difference in finances for you, do you tend to find yourself doing a little bit more research before you're getting ready to pull that trigger? Yes, absolutely. So if we're watching and paying attention to what our leads are doing within our database and we see an increase in how often they're logging in and how much they're looking at, do you think we could maybe get lucky a little bit more often? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we put the time frame. So those people qualify for follow-ups. We know exactly what their situation is. We had great conversations, and we want to watch them. We want to follow up with them every now and then. But then you've got the other people that you spoke to that have a situation. We call them special. Hmm. They have an agent. They have bad credit. They've already purchased. They want to rent. They're not somebody that we want to task. Because they're not really important. Because we all have those people in our database that say they have an agent and they log in, log in, log in, log in, and then you can't ever get a hold of them again. You're like, why do you keep logging in? I'm going to trash you. But when you you look at a database, it's being group-minded. Because I don't know about you, but let, let me just ask you this, Pat. Yep. You're working on your house and you realize your bathroom sink has a leak. Okay. And you go to Home Depot, what department do you go to? Plumbing. And now you have a leak in your sink. Which aisle do you go to in the plumbing department? Pipes, sinks, you know. And how do you know to go in that particular aisle? When you're, how many aisles are in the plumbing department at Home Depot or Lowe's? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't. I just I know that that's what I'm looking for, so it's got to be around there somewhere. Right. It's like going to the grocery store. you got to look up at the sign to know which aisle you got to go Right. Yeah, yeah, right. So when we look at our database as departments of, hey, all these leads claim they've got an agent, I'm going to put them in the got an agent hmm. department. Okay. And then say I have 200 leads on my website that have an agent, supposedly. Yeah. It's, it, it's not possible. Well, it is if, if you want to work too many hours in one day, but... 
you you can't sit down and go, hey, I'm calling all 200 of these people today. I'm going to touch 200 of these people today. You can't do it. You've got a process of eliminate, just like you do whenever you go to the plumbing section and you start walking down the aisles. You want to go to that one specific aisle. So I've got 200 leads that are all in the same situation. I know what I have to say to all these people is not going to change, but mm. I realistically can only handle about 30 to 50 calls today. Right. So I want a process of eliminate. Now I want to go down a particular aisle. I want to go to the person that has the most activity in my site. Hmm. I want to go to the person that had the most recent activity in my site. Because again, you have the opportunity of maybe getting lucky more often. I got it. It makes sense. So, so essentially what you're doing is you're, let's say you're grouping them responds or has responded to my text. And then mm-hmm. another group has responded to my email. And then another group has responded to my phone call, had a conversation with another group is has an agent, right? And then while you're doing your follow-up, you're hyper-focusing on that group because it's more efficient for you to say the same thing or email the same thing or text the same thing over and over again in a short period of time than it is to kind of be so ADD with, oh, this guy said this, what did they look at, da 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 Then you upgrade your group so the ones that rise to the top are the ones that are searching the most. Like if someone hasn't searched in three months, then, eh, you know, they're going to get to it when you're going to get to that one in, in a lower priority time frame, where if someone is, was in there yesterday and has been in there for the last four days, you're going to be on that one lickety split and, and, and doing everything you can to try to get lucky, as you said, yep. Yep. with that one. And, and that's really what I had to stop. I had an ISA and she was amazing on the phone when I got her on the phone. And it's that ana- or paralysis by analysis. I'm going to sit, I, I have to know everything about this lead before I pick up the phone. I'm going to talk myself out of why I shouldn't have to call this lead. Oh my God, Everybody yeah. It, it. it wastes so much time and you're right because that's, that's what they do. <laughs> you're 100% right. It's the psychology of that is beyond belief. That's why the best prospectors, like the people we've had on the show that are like amazing at calling expireds, right? You know, they don't even know who they're talking to, right? They're just, they don't even know yeah. anything about the house. They're just talking, they're in fire, yep. ready aim. So you're saying set up your leads so that you have a, at least some ready and some aim, but it's already done for you. So you don't have to spend any time with the ready and aim and you're just firing, firing, firing. These are people that have texted yes. me. Wow. Yes. And the beauty of it when you have the system is it's push and play. Does it take time to build it? Yeah, it takes time to build it, but it's push and play. So you're hiring people to the system, you know when you have a people problem. Hmm. And then and then, do you hire people to the system that just simply, let's say we take this uh, text group, right? Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you just text Mary? Do you want to go see houses this weekend? Absolutely. Wow. And when, when you look at how people are communicating with you, you want to communicate back with them the exact same way they communicate with you. And, you know, you can look at your leads in there. Did they respond to your text? Did they respond to your email? Or did they answer the phone? Well, I want to communicate with them the way they're communicating back with me because you have a higher chance, right? I mean, even, you know, it goes back to when you farm a neighborhood. You pick a targeted audience. And, and the, the more narrow your focus, and Gary Keller said this years ago when I was at a mastermind, the more narrow your focus, the broader your business. Well, I took that to the extreme with my internet leads. The more narrow my focus with the leads that I'm targeting, 
the better chances I have of converting. Because if I'm a single agent and I only have one hour a day to call my leads because I'm running four buyers and I got a listing appointment and yada, 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 I want to be able to sit down at my desk and dial for an hour and call my highest priority people. I don't want to sit there for an hour figuring out who I'm going to call. Wow. So let me ask you this, Beverly, because um, you said something that got my attention there. And I'm, I'm wondering if you might go out on a limb a little bit and give me your opinion on this. But our audience has, is inundated, right, with all these mm -hmm. different internet lead sources, now more than ever. Yep. yep. Pick one. What's your favorite? Here, here's my take on what's my favorite. They're all the same but different. And what I mean by that, an Internet lead is always looking and searching for homes on the Internet. An objection is always going to be about the same objection. And your follow-up is always going to be the same follow-up. It's what, that what works best in your company. And what, are you, what kind of leads are you looking to acquire? is really what it comes down to. All the systems, in my opinion, are the same. It's just which one do you like to work with? Because your follow-up, you always have the same type of leads. I've never talked to you. I've had a conversation with you. I need a task follow-up, and I've talked to you, and you have a situation, and then obviously we have our few that have bad phone numbers and a good email or a good email and a bad vice versa. Hmm. But they're all amazing systems. It's just what works best for you, and it's, it's having the system within each individual platform that is the magic. It's not the platform itself. It's how you manage the platform. Okay, so what are you training your inside sales agents, your lead managers, whatever you want to call them, that you train, because that's kind of what your job is. You're training agents, and you're training agents' assistants to be better follow-up people, what are what sort of systems are you telling them to implement other than this the system that you've already described, which is, uh, you know, managing them uh, in the in the way you describe? What what else are you telling them? It's it's putting their calendar together because the agents and inside salespeople they just start their job and they don't even know what to do with their day. So it's time blocking their calendar on who they should be calling when based on the MIT study. So the MIT study tells you when your best times are to get a hold of people. So that's where we have our biggest calls on the ones that we haven't gotten a hold of yet. Okay, so I, 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 I haven't read that MIT study. So what, what is the consensus of it? What, what is the best time? The best time Thursday evenings, then next to Tuesday evenings, and then you've got your time frames during the day, your Monday morning, 8 o'clock before people get to work, your lunch hour, and then rush hour on, on the way home. Okay, this Between is gr this is great. So you're saying number one is 6 to 9 p.m., right? Well, until 8. 6 to 8. Number two is 4 mm -hmm. to 6. And then number three is 8 to 9. And then number four would be lunchtime. Lunchtime. Okay, and then... It, and we, we change them up during the day. So depending on how often you're calling a certain group of leads, it's, I'm going to call this group in the morning, but I'm going to take that same group and call them the next evening. Because if you're calling the same leads the same time every day, people have habits and they're never going to answer the phone. So you have to change up the times that you're trying to get a hold of these people. So if you're going to hire a lead manager, 
it, mm-hmm. it's you're going to get luckier more yeah. often by posting an ad that says, you know, your work hours are, uh, I would say, based on this MIT study, your work hours are 3 to 10 every day or 3 to 11 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, right? you basically set the hours up during the, the best, highest volume call times. Absolutely. So, yeah, at, at, you know, I read a book one time. I can't remember the name of the book, but he, he talked about in life you get lucky by being attentive. And he described it as like in Las Vegas, if you hear a lot of noise at a craps table and you go to that craps table and everybody's winning and and, and you start winning, 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 you should never leave that table. You shouldn't automatically go to one where no one's winning. You should just stay there all day because if if it's winning, it makes sense. And it's the same thing with you. You figure out the winning times based on the MIT study. You find out the winning ways to manage the leads, right? And and to get the most responses and you manage that, right? You keep going right. back to those same craps tables. And it's, it's all about when you're looking at the database, the goal, two goals. You want to contact as many people as possible within that database because your database is now more valuable because you know where everybody is in the process. So if you look at wanting to sell your business, you've got a database full of people. You have a pipeline. You have a pipeline. Now it's managing it. And then the second thing is you want to keep people coming back to your website. So what content are you giving them to get them to come back to always be remembering you? Yeah, well, that, okay, and, let's answer that question. What content are you giving? Because really, some people will say the only content as an agent you could be giving is homes for sale. What, what else is there? How about all of these different days, these goofy days, these international margarita day, international wear a hat day? People love that stuff. It's just fun, quirky communication, and you're showing personality. Holidays. Holidays are a great time to reach out and just be fun with people. And you know what? If they unsubscribe, yay, that's one less lead I got to worry about because they're just not ready and it's just not their time. So what are you saying to them? Are you like a happy Canadian Boxing Day? I mean, or, or, or are you writing a blog? What, what are you doing? It is it is quick, short, and to the point because most people, and this, this was a funny thing, whenever I, I did the poll on people answering their phones, 75% of the people do not answer the phone. Only 50% of the people listen to their voicemails and only 5% of people listen to their voicemails the whole way through. Hmm. And emails are the same way. Do you read a whole hmm. entire email if, it, if it's a whole paragraph? Oh, I hate it. No, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, you delete it because it's so long. I mean... Yeah, you got to catch you at the subject line and then you plop in a, a couple sentences. Now, what else do you put in there? Because like I'll get some emails that are really tiny fonts, really light. I'll get others that are big, giant ones. I'll get others with salutations that say, hey, Pat. Others that just say, friend. What What do you recommend? What are the do's and don'ts of emails when you're trying to go to a large group that you're managing? On a fun email, you don't really have a call to action. You're just touching base to be top of mind. You don't want to be obnoxious. You just want to convey a message. And it's, hey, happy National Margarita Day. Just put some stupid little blurb about margaritas in there. It's something super simple. Really Just that small. they can read real quick. Yeah. 
that they can just read really quick and go, huh, that was interesting. Because think of the things that you forward to your friends because it was cool. Think of the things that you like on Facebook or you share on Facebook because they're cool. Look at what's trending. Hmm. And community-wise, if you have people on your website, depending on what type of town you live in, what type of resort area you live in, wherever you live, there's always community events going on. Let the people in your database know about the community events. And then do you try to bring them back to your website? Is that is that what you do? More information on this community event? More information? That on- is, well, the, the t- on, on internet leads. The whole thing is they want to be looking for homes and they could be two, three, they could be, we're closing them. They're five years out. They've been on our database for five years, but it's just keeping them engaged and keeping your site top of mind because again, they are in multiple other agent sites. Yeah, The average agent does not work their database at all. So, so there's two assumptions there, which are always good to have. First assumption is, they're on three or four other agents lists as far as MLS uh-huh. updates. And the second one, uh-huh. most agents are terrible at lead follow-up. Bingo. And if you have those two assumptions, you're going to be that much stronger of a lead converter. Absolutely. And you know, you know what one of the biggest assumptions are? Bad phone number leads. Bad phone I number leads. What, what, what do you mean? Explain. I see time and time again agents trash the bad phone number leads. And I hear all the time, oh, my gosh, what do I do with this one lead that has logged in 300 times and looked at 800 properties and they have a bad phone number? I can't get a hold of them. Well, guess what? They're not ready. They may be getting ready. They may be getting ready to get ready. But they don't want to talk to anybody yet. And you've got to remember, if they're in other people's databases, if they're a bad phone number in your database, chances are they're a bad phone number in everybody else's database. So do you then try to stalk them and try to find their phone number some other way? We give them what they want because every platform out there gives you the opportunity to stalk to see what they have been looking at. And you can usually see how many times they've looked at certain things. Now, I want to give them right back what, they, what they've been looking for all along. I can go back and look, and Pat, if you were in my website today and you were looking at 123 Main Street, I can probably tell you that, that you looked at it about 10 times if it was a hot property. I want to zing that right back to you and go, hey, Pat, I was thinking about you today. In the subject line, would you like to go look at 123 Main Street? You're going to remember that address if you've been looking at that property that yeah. many times. Yeah, Absolutely. And then in, in the in the body, hey, I had an out-of-town buyer cancel my Friday appointment. If you would happen to be available on Friday, I'd love to show you this house. Call right. me call me if you're available. Right. It's a layup. You're making it real easy for them. Just, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I have an, I have an availability that wasn't there. So you're, you're presupposing with them that you're a quality agent because you're busy, right? And you have other clients, yep. social proof. And I can show you this house you've looked at three times, right? And another attempt that we do on our bad phone number is, oops, we must have misdialed in the subject line. And then in the paragraph, we ask, is this your phone number? Hmm. We tried to reach you to send you home. Tried to reach you because I found a house I think you want. One out of five people give us their right phone number and they send back, oops, I'm sorry, here's 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 my proper number. One out of five, that's not bad. 
I know. Nobody pays attention to bad phone number people because they think they're bad leads. So then Those you, are you've, your best. You've organized it in another group, right? Bad phone mm-hmm. number leads. Bad phone number. Absolutely. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Wow. I love how you think it all through, how it all kind of, you know, you make sense of how to do this because so many people, they're just getting these leads and bitching and complaining that the internet leads today have dissipated so much compared to what you could get 10 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they're shooting with a BB gun instead of a rifle because Mm. they don't know how to group it, how to structure it and how to go in basically for lack of a better term, going for the kill. I love it. You get lucky. It makes a lot of sense. You create your own luck. You're going to that craps table that's winning versus just randomly playing one roll of dice at every single craps table in Vegas. Yep. And it's not being attached to the outcome when you get them on the phone. Because so many of us have tried to go for that appointment, try to go for that appointment. Well, it's fall in love with that process of we're sold to every single day and the people on the other end of that phone... They, they have walls up. Some of them have a fence that's fallen over a wall. Some of them have a double board fence. Some of them have a brick wall. And some of them have a concrete wall. It's, and those are the different types of personalities. And we have to identify with those personalities and try and break down those walls to gain that trust. And if we're trying to sell them and get an appointment, it's much more difficult. But if we're just asking them, what's your situation? What's going on? What has to happen for you to be able to make a move? What has to happen for you to be able to sell your house? I just want to find out where you're on the process. The appointment's naturally going to happen because everybody has to have a plan to move. We just have to figure out when is that, when's the appropriate time to set the plan. Wow. Well, this has been great, Beverly. And, and I'm going to put all of Beverly's information on hybendigital.com backslash Beverly Ruffner. It's B-E-V-E-R-L-Y-R-U-F-F-N-E-R, Beverly Ruffner. Or you could just go to hybendigital.com into the, the search bar and type in Bev, Beverly, internet lead conversion, lead conversions, whatever. I'll make them all keywords and you'll be able to contact her and everything we've talked about. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with, Beverly, before we sign off? No, I, I said a lot. <laughs> I just have a tremendous passion. ISAs, the inside salespeople in this industry, it is the most important position and it's the most under-trained position in the industry right now. And, you know, I'm just looking to bring some notoriety to those people that really have the hardest job in the world. I I agree. And they, and like, and I like how you said they're not organized because they're not. I know we have one at my team that I have with Mike Sloan back in Maryland, and they're just kind of flying day by day, right? There's no mm-hmm. structure. And I, and I love how you've, you've put structure to it. So thanks so much for doing that for everybody listening. And I look forward to meeting you face-to-face someday. I would love that, Pat. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal-setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.